0: Welcome to EEN Moms Talk. We are going to explore how we are called to care for God's creation, what that looks like for modern moms, and how we can make better choices to protect our kids from environmental harm. Now on to today's episode. Hi, welcome to EEN Moms Talk. My name is Beth Bond, I am your hostess, and we are interviewing moms doing things to care for God's creation. And sometimes we're talking to moms who don't even realize they're caring for God's creation, which is always sort of fun to discover. Today we have a very special guest because today we have my sister, who I love and admire so much, and she has done so many amazing things. So let me uh, introduce you to her. Her name is Kendra Kenya. She's a stay-at-home mom with a degree in hospitality administration from Florida State University. Kendra and her husband Steve have two children, Kyle and Gillette. Kendra serves her community through mentoring and volunteering in the schools in her area. Kendra has served at all three levels, elementary, middle, and high school. She is a PTA PTA member for 15 years and former PTA president and board member. She was executive producer of the Bay City Ballet, Not Crackers, in the winter of of the holiday season of 2017. She has served on her neighborhood HOA board and was Volunteer of the Year in 2012 of Curly Creek Elementary. Kendra and her family attend their local Catholic church. Colette has served as an acolyte for 11 years, and Kendra's hobbies include reading, volunteering, and going to the beach. Kendra isn't a gardening expert, which proves anyone can do a backyard garden. Welcome, Kendra. Welcome, Kendra. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you, Beth. I have been bugging you for several years now to be on (laughs) podcast with me, so I appreciate you making room in your busy schedule. Um, We've read your bio, of course, and um, I just wanted to um, give you a minute to sort of fill us in on, um, you know, mothering and, and your kids'
1: Well, I'm the mother of two kids who um, aren't very little anymore, but um, still need a lot from me. I have a son who is now away at college um, about 15 hours from home and enjoying some snow. And then I have a daughter who is a junior in high school. So they both lead very, very busy, active lives as everyone's children do these, these years.
0: And now
1: um, as things, as they've grown up, they have prompted us to look at things in different ways as children often do.
0: Well, and that's really interesting, right, because, we, you know, I think that a lot of times that um, when we think about being moms, we think about them being little, and we don't really think about, like, what they're going to need in middle school and high school. And a lot of moms think that middle school is, are the hardest years now that you've got two out of middle school would you agree with that
1: i would definitely agree with that i think they're going through their own changes um from usually changing schools to their bodies changing to um, the world changing their um, responsibilities and what they're allowed to do and you know having that little bit of freedom to maybe you know go to the mall for an hour on their own or something like that so it's a very tough time I am very glad to be through it Um, I will tell you you know moms you will survive it Um, our mother has always told us that you know she gives you all those precious moments when they're growing up to get through the teenage years so I definitely would agree with that
0: (laughs) well that's good advice
1: so um, y'all started
0: doing something. I don't, how long ago was it? I mean, Colette was little. Colette was uh, maybe eight years. I, I still remember Colette being eight. Um, so one day you called me and you made the announcement that you had gone and taken a compost class at your county extension office, like totally out of the blue. And I was so excited. So tell us why you took the composting class and tell us what the class was like and registration and things like that.
1: Well, it's been quite a while, but they still offer composting classes all over um, the county that I live in in Florida. Um, unfortunately, it's sponsored by the University of Florida. I'm a Seminole, so I have to have a disclaimer there. They do great job um, keeping the county. They have an extension office here in Pinellas County. So we had a couple things that started us down the gardening trail, which then led to my composting. One year we got um, oranges from my aunt and uncle for Christmas, and my son was like, this is the best orange I've ever had. Can I plant the seed? I'm like, sure. He goes out on the patio, pops it in a pot. Now, nine years later, we have four orange trees in our backyard. So that that was kind of the very, very beginning of um, starting. Another project we did was I saw in a magazine, Be a great idea, it did not tell me it would take two years to grow the pineapple so then we just had a little gardening interest there so you never know what might lead you into the gardening area
0: so you just dropped out for a minute so you, I, I know the story so I'll just fill it in is that um, y'all some, saw something about growing pineapples by keeping pineapple tops from fresh pineapples
1: Yes, yes, definitely. Um, the the top of the pineapple, if you plant in sandy soil, which is what we have a plentiful amount of here in Florida, um, you cut the top off and you can put it into the sandy soil. It does not really like nice, rich composted dirt. Um, and we had changed the shape of our backyard and had a really sandy area. So you just... Cut off the top, remove the fruit into the sandy soil. And it really, unless you have a very dry period, um, you don't even really have to water it. Just the natural rain um, is enough for it because it's used to um, growing in conditions like that here.
0: Well, and that sort of, I think that sort of dispels some, some things really do take a lot of time and take a lot of care. But, I mean, what you've proven is, is, you know, a seed from an orange. You know, don't go out and buy seeds or anything. But a seed from something you've eaten can be put in a pot and you get an orange tree out of it. Or you just cut the top of the head off and you just, and you just stick it in the ground. And, of course, not everything's like that. But, you know, for people who are a little intimidated and, and worried about how much time it's going to take, you've just given us two great ideas, um, depending on where you live, of course. Um, to just go out and do it,
1: absolutely, I mean, like I said, our you know one was kind of a slightly intentional. We plant every pineapple we get now goes into the soil and or to the to the earth here, the sandy soil, and now we have it 's a very uh, Floridian botanical kind of looking garden on the back side of our home. The other thing is is a lot of people like quick success which neither the orange tree or the pineapple will give you because they do take time. But one of the favorite things that we grow and we grow it two sometimes if we're lucky three times a year is we do green beans and you can do green beans in a pot on your patio, grow very quickly. They take about 45 to 60 days. So we'll plant them in about two week intervals. So we have a longer um, season of green beans, and you'll have a lot of success with that. Something else that's really quick but a lot of people these days don't really um, relish eating them is um, radishes. Radishes sprout quickly. They grow very quickly. Um, So that's something else if you have um, smaller kids who might want to see something and and really understand how you know it grows on a faster scale. That would be really good for you.
0: Oh, well, that's that's a great idea. So let's we we got we got to the interest part, but we got a little sidetrack. So tell us about the the compost course and what it was like. And
1: because we have such poor soil in Florida, we were adding a lot of soil. So I became aware of composting, and I wasn't really quite sure how to go about that. So I saw an ad in the gardening section of our newspaper that said they offered composting class. A couple friend of um, mine went with us and they very generally kind of talked about the think kinds of things that can go in, the kinds of things that you couldn't. Um, I believe I just called the county extension office and signed up, reserved it for a Saturday morning Um, And and here in our county, it's on a rotating basis. I think they do composting once a month. They do rain barrels once a month, those kind of things. So um, it was a very simple process. And it's nice to have somebody who really understands get you started. Now, at our facility, they gave us a free plastic. It's a roll of um, – it was something (laughs) – The best way to describe it is a big roll up and use as your composter. So all you had to do was really go home, they gave you plastic screws, and set it up in your yard and you were ready to go. So that was a really nice part too. I know there's lots of ways you can build compost pallets, But when we went, they talked about the third ratio, you know, the brown and the green um, and layering in the um, different, items you choose to put in there to help your compost heat up.
0: And you do need a certain amount of heat, which is, I mean, there are compost things that have caught on fire because they've gotten too hot. Um, And so I'm sure there, and we're not going to get the compost class on the conversation today, but you know, just a couple of things people be aware of your small garden compost probably will never catch on fire. Um, But you know, there is a heat aspect to it. And, the heat is what breaks things down right
1: that, that that's absolutely correct it's the rarity of it catching on time if i have an issue it's that i i i can't get it hot enough you know everything will decompose yeah. yeah everything will decompose eventually and everything will work but to get it um to where it's actually steaming and sometimes i mean you can literally see it coming out of the compost Um, has happened a few times but not you know then it's almost too hot so I don't think people need to be concerned about that I mean I literally took this piece of plastic that already has um, aeration holes in the side and um, that was our original compost and we started there so to get it started deeming fast good for you (laughs) We we want to take lessons from you if you can do that. Um, That's right. So it it
0: feels like overnight, and I know it wasn't overnight, but it was like you went to the compost class, and then it felt like now you all have a classic Florida home, and for people who don't know about Florida homes, um, there's very little sort of yard in the backyard because everyone has a pool because it's so hot. And so, so it felt like you all did composting, then it felt like overnight, Steve was in the backyard digging up most of the yard that you have, putting in fruits and vegetables. I know that's not exactly the way it worked, but it felt like that. So once you got the compost going, then then what happened in regards to the garden?
1: Well, um, we removed the existing bushes we had, so we did kind of dig up the yard a bit. That's very true. Um, once we had the compost, we use it two different ways. First of all, um, after you have um, made your compost it's good to let it sit for about two weeks before you put it directly into um, your so we use one our first kind of batch of compost and we add it to the garden directly to the soil about four or five inches down and just kind of rake it in like with a like a the hoe rake not you know a leaf rake um, just to get it into the top of the soil and then about Um, after the plants are up and strong, we'll go back and take more compost and put it around the top to kind of give our plants a second boost of nutrients.
0: And that's that's the thing. I mean, right, is why compost is so important is it's really like, it's like a vitamin boost for your plants.
1: That's, that's very correct. Once we – and we found a few other things. So I'm going to talk about something that's a little bit different composting while we're on this subject. Okay. Um, the shells from eggs, we save our eggshells when they're hard-boiled eggs, when we're making eggs for breakfast. We just rinse them, and we have a storage container. And then when it gets full, I mash them up. Um, we have found at work they dissolve best. I run them through my mini food processor couple quick turns so it kind of gets a little finer and if you put that into the bottom of tomato plants it reduces the blossom rot which is a common gardening problem with tomatoes that um, causes the tomatoes to rot um, from where the blossom attaches at the bottom of the tomatoes so we do our eggshell early in the season to um, prevent that so that goes in initially so, um,
0: how like, how much of sort of this ground eggshell? Like a tablespoon, a teaspoon, a couple tablespoons?
1: I would say more like um, about a quarter of a cup we mix in at the base of each plant. And it's given us just much better success with our tomatoes. Now, how did you learn
0: about the eggshell? Shell?
1: Oh, I was just racking my brain. I was afraid you were going to ask that question. Um, I'm sure we I'm sure we read it on a gardening site somewhere I think we were having I'm probably what happened is we were having a problem and so we were looking up um, natural remedies because we do our very best to not use any insecticides or pesticides you know on our um, vegetables so uh, I'm I'm sure that that home remedy came up and it worked and guess what it's free and that means the shells don't even go into the compost. That's a direct compost item right there.
0: Right. So you don't well, even have and,
1: to wait for the,
0: And I think that's. I mean, I think the other thing we're not talking about though is is when you're creating all this compost, you're actually, actually reducing how much you're throwing away now.
1: Absolutely. My husband used to tease me. He would say. You know, between the recycling and the composting, I'm paying for garbage pickup and I can only get one bag in a week. <laughs> so it's very true. Once you start, um, and I hardly ever use my garbage disposal anymore either because right. everything's going directly. You know, some of the things that people don't like, like um, tea bags. you know, a tea bag can go directly in. The you bag know, and everything. The bag and everything, yeah. Unless you have those, um, some of them, the tea bags now are coming out with a, I don't know, it seems more like a meshy bag. Um, I have not. That's
0: plastic. Yeah,
1: I I haven't, I don't think that would work very well.
0: Yeah, so if the bag doesn't uh, feel natural. Probably not going to work. clip it. Yeah, and you could just clip it and empty the tea leaves in. The other thing is, is I know you all drink a lot of coffee, um, at least your husband does, are you adding your coffee grounds?
1: Absolutely. I, we add the coffee grounds because our soil is so sandy here in Florida directly to the garden. We don't even put it through the composting. They're already in a form that can go in, and we need some acidity in our soil. So my husband will take it out there and use the um, filter and all right to the garden. Is that filter is going to break down in the ground also so that's a great thing and just just to make people feel better if they have to run to starbucks for something you know they get free coffee grind so when i go in with my friends i order my coffee and then i go and i'd like a bag of grounds for composting and they'll give you a bag of ground chewing and you know i'm like usually they'll wave to me to let me know it's prepared. Sometimes some of the Starbucks have them sitting already pre-bagged for you, but I just bring it home and put it straight into the garden. So not only are you saving stuff from going in the landfill
0: from your own home, you're now helping Starbucks.
1: That's true. <laughs> Very true. You're such a good citizen of the community. Now, we do have
0: um, one of our local coffee shops here also. Um, they put out um, grounds too, and they're, they're one of these, you know i don't you know you know you, your sister does not drink coffee so she doesn't really understand what she's talking about but i guess they would they would roast their own beans and so they would come in these burlap sacks and so you could get mm-hmm. burlap sacks and coffee grounds to take home and put in your garden which i thought was really cool and it's free I and mean, it's
1: yeah. and burlap sacks are great because they will compost they take longer it's not going to turn over quite as fast but you can cut them and lay them and use them as a weed guard also Oh, that's a great idea. You know, so you transport it home, cut them in half, and then because a lot of times people are buying, um, you know, a weed guard because they don't want to have to get down and weed. That's not the funnest part. We use newspaper, So, you know, we're going to be planning probably around March 1st this year, and we'll start saving the newspaper. And we layer our garden with newspaper, overlapping it in some places, and then you can go back and put your plants in. You can go through the newspaper. We usually do about 10 sheets thick, and it really keeps the garden down, and then it just, as the season goes on, composts straight to the ground. Okay, this has been great. And we got
0: uh, the backside of this, but we're going to take a break real quick, and then we'll come right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode of EEN Moms Talk. If you want to engage more with us, you can follow us on Instagram at EEN Moms. You can follow us on Twitter at EEN underscore Moms. Or you can join our private Facebook group at EEN Moms. Just click to join and we approve you in the group. If you want to download our free Bible study, hop over to creationcare.org and you can download it there. We really believe community is the key to everything, so we hope you will make us part of yours. Now, back to our guest. Okay, so um, anything else you want to tell us about, because I love the tips, because one of the things is that you hear gardening, and for serious gardeners, it's a passion, and, you know, they're willing to spend the time, but, you know, I mean, you clearly are passionate about what you're doing, but it's not like this is, your passion, and you're trying to develop the latest, greatest, you know, hybrid of tomatoes or something. You're just trying to get fresh fruits and vegetables into the home. And so you've given us some really good tips in regards to like how to reduce the work. So newspaper you mentioned, um, and and so do y'all use burlap, or you just never use burlap?
1: Um, I've never used the burlap because I don't have a readily available source, but I have heard other people doing that. Okay, you know I have seen that, and I know it's
0: compostable. Right, and so also in regards to the newspaper. Um, most newspapers, just so you know, have switched to soy inks, so people sometimes would be thinking about maybe the chemicals and in the ink, but if it's a soy ink paper, then you're you're good there. Um, and I'm not saying there's not, anyway, you're good there. But you have to wet it down. I mean, let's be clear. So we <laughs> want to make sure that people understand that it needs to be wet down so it stays in place.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know what, I just, um, as we're laying it, it's invariably some sort of windy day that we're trying to get it down it's like there's never a breeze in Florida you know and the day we're trying to do it there is so usually as I'm laying it down we just um you know pull up a little rock or a stick or something to lay on it to get it all down first Mm -hmm. and then um not a commercial mulch but we use a mulch um over the top to secure it and where do you get your mulch? Um, our, our county office has, um, throughout our county, several locations where they take the yard waste and grind it up. And they um, have it where we can just go get free mulch from there. Um, it's not beautiful mulch, like, um, as, aesthetically, but it's definitely a good mulch for your garden because... It has lots of different um, kinds of particles in there. You know, it can be palm fronds. It can be pine needles. It can be oak leaves. It can be lots of different kinds, which is better for your garden to have a variety.
0: Well, and, and once again, so, I mean, I love that this conversation is going this way because, you know, my and when I was thinking about the show, I was thinking about, oh, it's so cool, and they're gardening, we'll talk about the food, and blah, 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 blah. But what this really is becoming is how to help reduce waste for your county, right? I mean, when you take that mulch that they've they've made, you are saving, once again, their landfill from being filled up with a bunch of stuff that, you know, can be used in your yard.
1: And we use the mulch um, not only in our garden, but when we do our beds, you know, just around the house out mm-hmm. front and stuff, and then a lot of times we'll lay that nice and thick, like six inches thick, and mm-hmm. then if we want a little uh, more finished look, we'll lay uh, a light layer of commercial mulch on top. So we get that but, more uniform kind of look, but the bulk of it is, is is the recycled yard waste.
0: And And is it
1: free from your county? It is free. So um, one year for my birthday, I actually got a pitchfork. Uh, This is hard to believe. My friends were like, you got a what? (laughs) But um, because I I had my composter and I was, you know, turning it and all the business, I really needed a pitchfork. So we just, um, our county has now gone to the waste-high recycling bins, and we used to have the small square yellow ones. So, we still have uh-huh. those. So, we had two of those because I recycled so much. They gave me two. Um, and we just take that up um, in the van, fill up those two containers, and um, go, you know, dump that. So, great. I mean, it's so, like you're, we're you're recycling your recycling, recycling container. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> we're well, working so. really hard here. I do want to say <laughs> something. I know we're talking about big gardens and composting is that Mm -hmm. you can really do a small garden in containers, you know, because that's something we found that um, we have little bunnies in our area and that we're growing cabbages right now in um, containers. A.K.A. rabbit food. Yes, yes, yes. It was was a little bit of rabbit food. So, you know, there's always – different things you can do just just other kind of like recycling out of your city landfill we have also made um a pallet garden go on pinterest take a look at it you can do them vertical you can do them um horizontally lots of different options to use those to um keep that compost my 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 good earth as i call it when it comes out into a really um defined space also well and i took a picture of it
0: when i was down there i guess in, when i was down there for the nutcracker so um if y'all follow ee uh, e. and moms on instagram you can scroll back into december and i'm i'm fairly confident it's there very cute and palettes are a big problem that's one of the things that people don't realize is you know a lot of times it, these they are used one time and then, you know, they basically are looking for ways to get rid of them, which, by the way, we're going to rename this
1: show, How to Save Your, Your Community's Landfill. <laughs> and really, it's, it's just a little mindfulness when we started, you know what I mean? Now I'm not like, well, gosh, I'm going to be a pallet farmer. But you start doing it and you start realizing the advantages. I personally love having – um I have a whole assortment of herbs, but things that I can, that we've grown that I know aren't covered in pesticides that don't have waxing skin. Um, we had cucumbers and I, I learned they go um, bad faster. So it, we would pick the cucumber the day we were using it because it doesn't have the waxing on it. But I oh. love my cucumbers without that waxing on it. Yeah, because it does feel a little weird. Yeah. So what happens is is most of us are um, peeling off the skin of our cucumbers because it's got the wax on it when really the dark green is the most nutritious part of it. So things like that, you start going, wow, like what are they really doing to my food to make it last that they can ship that cucumber from California to Florida to get it on the shelf, you know. So there, there's some things that as you start gardening and you taste something that you've grown, you'll realize, wow, they, you know, our food is definitely being treated sometimes um, for profit. Yeah,
0: right. And 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 look, profit is not bad, but when profit gets in the way of taste, flavor. Not using our resources well, and help—it doesn't make any sense, right? I'm like, I'm like, if, if, if other people want to support that, great. I do not. I don't want to support it. Um, and you know, I can. And and you're the gardener. I mean, I don't grow anything. i you know, the blueberry bushes. I just stand out there during you know spring and say, ominous, dominus, please just get some blueberries." All things. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, uh, yeah. So and 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 then of course you know, and you've heard me talk about this higher. System of the waste. You know, California has a drought. One of the reasons California is drought because they converted their entire Central Valley. Um, and it, it, actually, it's just the same as, as Israel with um, the Jordan River. The Jordan River and the, de- the Dead Sea is driving up because there's not as much water historically because they're pulling all the water out of the Jordan River so they can do agriculture to send across. Across the country. And that's the same thing with California. I mean, we, that's not the, the part that anybody thinks about, but it's like we're draining the river system. It's causing more extreme droughts because we're draining the river system to grow things in California to ship them to Florida or, or Georgia, you know, places where we can grow our own, you know um and that's insanity and if you think about all the resources like the gasoline to move the fruits and vegetables and the you know the the energy it takes to move the water and it just it it doesn't make any sense to me so um and then you know and most importantly there's two more things right one it tastes better and two it's more nutritionally dense because the minute you pick it it starts to quote unquote die and so the nutritional value goes out of it so what's nutritionally better something that's been shipped six weeks across the country from California and probably has had pesticides and definitely has wax, or something you go in your backyard and you pick it and you eat it within an hour.
1: Kids really like to be involved. You know, I call, I call my husband, I'll be like, oh, go harvest me some green beans tonight for dinner, you know? He'll go out and pick the green beans. The, my daughter loves broccoli like no one I've ever seen in my life, and we... <laughs> If 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 fingers crossed, we have a cold enough winter, we can grow broccoli. But I I really had no idea how broccoli grew. You know, it's a bro- broccoli crown. I'm like, okay, broccoli florets. Okay, the florets kind of looked like the crown to me. But when I grew it, I learned that the florets are really a separate part of the plant. And if you cut them off, they will regrow. The crown does not regrow as fast, but the florets. So my broccoli plants would give me broccoli for up to six weeks sometimes wow and i'd be like colette run out there and pick me some broccoli and she'd chop off her broccoli and you know we'd steam it right up and i do think it makes the kids much more interested in eating vegetables you know i mean we don't grow extreme vegetables you know we grow um cabbage every year brussels sprouts i have to have have that cold for that um we do lettuce some you know, cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers, green beans, you know, very common that our kids are used to, but it does give them the exposure to actually seeing how it grows. I mean, how do Brussels sprouts grow? 10 years ago, I didn't know that. They grow on a stalk. I didn't know that. I didn't come from an environment, from a climate, you know, that we thought we could even grow them, but now that's something that we try. So, and they're great. I will say, my Brussels sprouts are not as big as the ones you get in the store. But actually, we think the ones that are smaller, because we don't have that good cold weather, are actually more tender. You know, so the, kid, the kids really can tell the appreciation of the quality. So I'm going to tell a Colette and C
0: story. This is one of my favorite. I tell the story all the time. It's one of my favorite ones. I mean, Colette was like eight or maybe nine. And I called, and it was dark, it was during the winter, and I said, I want to talk to Colette. And and you said, well, you can't talk to Colette, she's outside. I'm like, it's dark, what is she doing outside? She goes, you said, well, Steve's just gotten home, because Steve worked very hard, and he, um, a lot of days are he comes home later. And um, Steve, Steve, Steve is picking green beans, and Colette's holding a flashlight so he
1: can see um, the iPhone comes in very helpful for, you know, shining the light. That is, we used to have to, like, use a flashlight. Now we just use our phones. But that that's very true. Sometimes I'll even say, like, um, I'll say, I need some herbs. And he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, just pick it. And I'll, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. A lot out. of times I use the herbs. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like we chop it up and um, put it right onto a salad. You know, I do a little vinaigrette and let it marinate. You know, for just half an hour, forty-five minutes, while I'm finishing the rest of the meal. So it's it's definitely as far as herbs and you know, like like you said, you're gonna have to drive to the store to buy a bag of herbs that are gonna go bad as soon as you open them. So you know, we have all kind of herbs out there. I mean, just we just go out there and chop off what we need, even if you have nothing but a pot in an apartment window you can grow your herbs because just think of how easy they are and how inexpensive you buy a plant for four dollars at the grocery store it may last you a couple months you're paying two three dollars for a little bag of basil that's going to last you know two or three days before it starts turning black on you And it's too much, right? And that's
0: the other thing I love about the herbs because the er herbs are super, super simple to grow. Definitely grow them inside. You don't need a garden to grow herbs. You pick what you need, and the rest stays living, right? Right. If you buy it in the classic, it's a dead herb, you know. The other thing, um, you you know what time it is, baby sis? It's time Time for full of useless information. (laughs) Um, what a lot of we always think about herbs, and you think about herbs as adding flavor to your food. But what people don't realize is that herbs are packed with vitamins and uh, nutrients, and they are actually super, super healthy for it. So, I mean, like if you're having a salad, you might as well just toss some herbs in there anyway because of the nutritional value that they add. Um, now, no one's going to eat a cup of broth, uh parsley, but this is this is just to give you an idea about the nutrition in there. A cup of parsley has more vitamin C than an orange.
1: Wow, I didn't even know that.
0: Uh, see, your sister just full of in useless information. So, um, so I think I think we both agree that if anybody, if they're just going to grow one thing, don't try the blueberries. The a driving insane, but do the herbs right.
1: For sure, do the herbs. Like I said, super easy. If you want to go a little bit bigger than that do the green beans I mean most kids eat green beans Um, a couple years ago we started with purple green beans they're lovely to look at you have the purple green bean on the plant and the green plant you know they even look um, ornamental but you can eat them but we were so disappointed when we cooked them they turn green like you put them in purple and they turn green like regular green beans your kids would never know I was like Oh, I was kind of looking forward to having some purple green beans to serve. <laughs> we tried the purple basil, too. Did, did the purple basil say purple? The purple basil stays purple, and you're not cooking it. So most of the time, you know, you're oh. cho- chopping it and adding it fresh to something. So it's a nice right. color variation. But I literally put the green beans on to boil, and I did a couple things, and I Turned back around to not to boil the steam, and I was like, "What happened to my purple green beans? Where are they?" <laughs> it's magic. Well, and that's funny because I had the same
0: thing. So I um, was a member of a CSA, um, and if y'all want to know what it, uh, it's called, community supported agriculture, hop over to the Facebook group and you can ask me what a CSA is, and I'll explain it. But anyway, I had the same thing: cooked the purple beans, and and they were green.
1: I thought they would make a pretty, like, salad for Easter, like, because I do a green bean, marinated green bean salad. You know, I was like, I was really disappointed.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: But it does, it does um,
0: sort of like with the purple basil, I'm like, that would be sort of a fun, healthy Valentine's dish, right, with tomatoes is, you know, do, Absolutely. you know, a little bright purple and red and get some little mozzarella. What? That would be a great salad for a Valentine's Day. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, I think you've done a great job of explaining sort of like, the, the, look, if you're not going to do this for yourself, do it for your kids, right? I think that's, you've made a great, right. all the lessons they've learned and how they've been involved in it and, <coughs> excuse me, we, you know, we had a little bit of this as kids, um, not in our home directly, of course, but, you know, our grandfather um, grew women's and grapefruit. He grew a lot of citrus, um, yeah. but we, we never really had the experience of sort of the home garden. Um, so let's talk, because God is bountiful, right? When you start gardening, you find out about God's bounty. And so let's talk about, because I, I know that y'all experienced enough, you know how many plants, but I'm sure at the beginning you may have planted too many of one thing, right? So you had more beans than you wanted or more cucumbers or whatever, Um, Yeah, so talk about, like, okay, now you've got all this stuff, and by the way, you know, you're saving because fruits and vegetables from the store, you know, can be a little pricey, and, you know, basically, um, you've got free fruits and vegetables. I mean, it's not completely free, I know, but, you know, for the most part. So what did did you do? I mean, what kind, did did you start doing new recipes, or, I mean, how how did you use them in the kitchen?
1: Uh, we definitely have tried different recipes um, to to use it. it. It is fun to share, and people are like, it's like you've seen a unicorn. They're like, you grew this cucumber? Like, Colette <laughs> took it to her classroom teacher. We would take them to the, te- you know, teachers the kids have had in really bountiful years. I We grow tomatoes. Um, we have a lot of luck growing the Sweet 100, the Little grape tomatoes, um, and then we grow regular Romas and salad tomatoes also. But those I can't ever give away because my family will plow through them. I mean, if we have fresh tomatoes, I'm like, stop eating them. They're not even red. They're still orange, you know. I'm like, where where, where is my dinner sometimes? My daughter comes home and will eat the bowl I have sitting on the counter. Um, So I also have done uh, a little bit of um, canning. Pickling um, are good ways to utilize them, too. So um, our family loves pepper jelly, so I've made – peppers are very very prolific. Um, Sometimes we take them to my mother-in-law's, you know, for her to use, too. So people will be so glad if you share something that you've actually grown. And that's just another way of passing on, you know what, this is really simple. This is a great way you can do it, too
0: right or you know you can you know i mean not that not that you want to become the repository of everybody's you know kitchen scraps but um you know that's another way is like oh hey you know you can you know get a paint bucket in if you want to give us your kitchen scraps and we'll add them to our composting right so uh, they can grandma, sort of share
1: back right grandma lives about a mile away and she is so impressed with the pineapple garden that she sends her tops to us all the time she'll call me and be like I have a pineapple pop for you. <laughs> so it kind of does get everybody on board about trying it. Now, I have a friend um, who one way of composting your yard clippings, of course, is to leave them in your yard, and that can be helpful. But I have a neighbor who likes to bag his his lawn clippings, mm-hmm. and he gives them to my girlfriend's husband. It's like he comes around the fence, he dumps it in his compost, I mean he does nothing. You know what I mean? All he's gotta do is throw in some you know, brown matter and he's off and running. Um, the other thing I do just just to be up front is I have two composters going now. I have moved to a rolling composter, but I do like it. It's very um easy to turn and we can generate um compost quicker. But I also have that original one I started with, my plastic circle that we put leaves into when we clear the garden, you know, the plant stalks, the cabbage leaves, anything we're clearing out of the garden goes into that composter. It's a little slower, but it gives me a constant source of brown material if my rolling one gets a little off. So, you know, I really have have, have – I'm working too now. You know, like my favorite compost of the year is my Christmas compost because I have the green live wreath that we get, compost in there. My daughter dances in the Nutcracker. We always have flowers, and it's prettiest petals and Christmas, um, you know, greenery in there, and then I have to cover it up. So that's kind of sad. But, you know, on goes the process around and around. Well, and that's the other thing is,
0: is, right, this is very circular. So, yes. you know, you've created the compost, you go in the garden, you harvest, and then you prepare it in the kitchen, and then what's left over from the kitchen goes back into the compost.
1: Well, And the, and the more you do it, the more you start being like, oh, I can add that, I can add that, you know. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, um,
0: so do you feel uh, – so, uh, okay, I have two more questions then then we got to go because clearly we could okay. talk about this a lot longer than either one of us thought we could talk about it. So um, do you, for your seeds, are you purchasing seeds or do you like if you eat the cucumber, then you keep the seeds from the cucumber and you plant those seeds?
1: Um, my husband, some we start from seeds, but if we need a little jump starter, we're getting started later, we'll buy small plants, you know, They're going to grow, so we never buy the larger plants, but, you know, sometimes you get them 12 to a a size of um, tomato plants or cucumber plants to start. Um, We do do some from seeds, and, like, the purple green bean seeds or an heirloom seed, that's kind of our first experiment into really starting that. So buy vegetables that are not yours. Some of the seeds, seeds are sterile from the process they're using, so, you do have to be aware that if you want to use seed, you need to use it from your own fruits and vegetables that you know were planted.
0: That is great advice. Um, okay. This is this this has been so helpful for me. Um, Good and uh, and I and Steve Steve really put the pressure to me, which I thought was sort of funny at Christmas that I needed to do my own. So I am committed to doing herbs because I I love herbs and um, I've wasted a lot of money on store bought herbs. So that's that is yeah. my task and my goal. So you said you're planting in March, but the thing about Florida is is you need to know about your zones and things like that because y'all also plant Absolutely. during the winter, right?
1: We run two gardens because. In the summer, when everybody up north has these beautiful gardens, it is too hot. The tomato plants are over. Everything is dying from the heat here. So we usually plant um, in September and March. So March, April, May, June, usually by July 4th. Well, it's looking kind of sad out in our garden. We give the garden time to rest and then start again in, fe- in September. So we have tomatoes. The tomatoes will last longer almost year-round. This year we had two freezes, which is very unusual. First time we've had a freeze in eight years. So we did lose um, our tomatoes. We would have been resting at some point anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, so you take what God gives you. You know what? It's time for our soil to rest.
0: That's right. And you can, I mean, because we're modern, we can. if we really want tomatoes, we can go get tomatoes at the farm stand or the farmer's market or the grocery store
1: um yeah you'll never buy them at the grocery store again i mean you're like they have a little wax on them they're orange inside they're not red you do become a little spoiled <laughs> <laughs> that's good too
0: so anyway well thank you so much i I have enjoyed this so much and i think we're both delightfully surprised how much you know about gardening right
1: i mean i know you would have- who, who, you would never call yourself knows. an expert, right? I, I would not call myself an expert, but sometimes I think experience is just as important as having an expert. Well, and quite frankly, I think everybody who listens to this is
0: going to call you an expert anyway. <laughs> like, who knew about Wathom Not me. So anyway, well, thank you so much for your time, Kendra. I really, really appreciate it. And um, I hope that, you know, every, even if, people, if everyone would just go out and grow, like, one thing, that would make a difference.
1: Right. If you have one tomato plant and you're not buying tomatoes from the store for a couple months, that helps saving the earth. That's right. Great. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. Thanks. All right. Have a great day,
0: everyone. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I knew she would be a great interview, um, and I used to have another podcast, and I really have been trying for like two years to get her on, and I am so excited, and quite frankly, since she's my sister, very proud of her uh, for all the things that they're doing, and 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 you know, it, they live a very lovely life, and so this wasn't about money per se; they just sort of did it, you know, and then all of a sudden there was just all these what I call unintended benefits from the gardening. Um, and, the, and, and I think probably the most important takeaway is, is, is that Kyle and Colette um, will have that little gardening gene in them. You know, I don't know how it will look like as they become adults, but it will be interesting to see what happens. So thank you so much for joining us on EE e. and Mom Talk. I hope you found this as uh, fun and um, informative as I did And we will be um, back next week with another mom doing great things for God's creation. Thanks for listening to this episode of EEN Talk. You'll be able to get more information on our website at creationcare.org. And we hope that you will like and subscribe to these podcasts on iTunes or your other favorite podcast player.